2022. I haven't been friends with this guy since at least 2014, late 2013. And the fact that I have to sit up here because we have irresponsible people who call themselves EVPs and couldn't fucking manage a target and they spread lies and bullshit and, and put into a media that I got somebody fired when I have fuck all to do with him, want nothing to do with him, do not care where he works, where he doesn't work, where he eats, where he sleeps. And the fact that I have to get up here and do this in 2022 is fucking embarrassing. Hi, thank you for joining us tonight and welcome to AEW Wednesday Night Dynamite on TBS. Following All Out on pay-per-view this past Sunday night, I've been forced to vacate the AEW World Championship as well as the AEW World Trios Championship. Welcome into another edition of Good Karma Wrestling. This is GKW. Whew. We have a few things to cover this week. A couple things happened since we last reconvened a week ago. I'm Gabe Neitzel from ESPN Milwaukee. With me, as always, Brian Rowitz from ESPN West Palm. And catch him on ESPN 1000 in Chicago. And I'm, I'm not going to read that. Um, he is Jonathan Hood. Jay Hood. Yeah, you, you can read that yourself. Uh, you know, one of the insults that was lobbed by CM Punk during his press conference following All Out on Sunday. And that's where we have to start. It's the biggest thing going on currently in wrestling. Everybody's trying to get more details about what exactly went down after CM Punk's press conference. You just saw and heard uh, that was more the beginning of the press conference where CM Punk went after uh, the EVPs. Namely, you know, you assume he's talking about the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, uh, and going after Hangman Page as well, later calling him an empty-headed dumb as, uh, you know, you can, again, read what Jonathan Hood's name down there says. So Punk goes crazy during his press conference, leads to a brawl backstage. We're still, the details aren't still exactly clear what happened. I think because you have both sides kind of leaking out information, trying to make, you know, you, you can clearly see the sources that are out there that, okay, these are these are guys who are trying to go out there and, and stand up for the Young Bucks and Kenny. Okay, these are guys, these sources are the ones that are kind of trying to stand up for CM Punk and Ace Steel. The one thing that does seem consistent is that Ace Steel bit somebody. So it's it just absolutely chaos. Rumors of CM Punk potentially being fired yesterday. Still haven't heard anything about that. And oh, by the way, he has a torn triceps. He's going to be out for eight months anyway. So the whole thing's just a mess. It's an absolute mess right now surrounding CM Punk. Well, Gabe, as I mentioned to you last week, and Broeth, I told you that, you know, being a Chicagoan, I'm a fan of CM Punk as far as what he's done in the ring. Watched him in the Indies. Watched him in ROH, watched him in WWE, and now in AEW. So I've been a fan of his for a while. But, I, I, you know, CM Punk may be honest, but he was completely unprofessional. First of all, calling out the EVPs, and we named them because it's the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, because Cody Rhodes does not work there anymore. So that's the EVPs of the company. And then, then from there, the out-of-context remark and remarks about Cole Cabana and his mother – I think that that was just out of line. And then about Hangman Page. Listen, here's how I look at it. Um, you know, that doesn't help himself. It doesn't help the company. Just uh, imagine, just imagine, Broitz, if this is the WWE. After Clash of the Castle, 
Roman Reigns, who's right. got the world by the tail, sits his championship down and starts going after people on the roster, going after, you know, Dean Ambrose, talking about guys like, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. It would be out of context. It would be out of character because whatever you want to say about the WWE, that doesn't happen. And so whether or not CM Punk was frustrated because he realized, man, I got torn triceps, man. I just won the championship. And I'm going to have to uh, drop this championship again. And so I'm just going to go out and go after everybody. Whatever the reason, it was completely unprofessional. That person and that personality cannot be the face of your company. I think that's very clear. Yeah, and the weird part is that, like, a lot of it seems to be sort of, like, self-inflicted. Like, we talked a couple weeks ago about that Hangman promo where he mentions Hangman and calls him out and, you know, sort of went into business for himself. We didn't know anything about that promo. Like, it was just a promo in the ring. No one ever thought, like, oh, man, I can't believe Hangman said that about Punk. But that stuck with him enough. Sunday, no one asked him about Colt Cabana, and then he went down that tirade. He went into that stuff. And, like, it's just so weird to see stuff like that where – it's not like someone's pushing him. You're like, okay, it's time to speak up. And it just makes no sense why you would go and do this. And it's disrespectful also because to rip the EVP and say, oh, they can't manage you know, a target, AEW is because of those EVPs. And if there's no AEW, there is no CM Punk return. And I don't get how he doesn't put those two things together saying like, oh, these guys are the reason I'm back in pro wrestling. You know, a few months ago, CM Punk loved pro wrestling. That's because of those guys. So I don't get how he gets off saying some of the things he did. Yeah, because the problem the problem that I have, I guess, juggling, right? So for argument's sake, let's just say he's right. You know, like they've mismanaged some things. They let some things leak about CM Punk because who knows why, right? Let, let's say he's right. Well, there's a right way and a wrong way to handle it. And this is 100% the wrong way. You just can't do it. Like you said, Jay Hood, this is unprofessional. Like, and it's... It's just so crazy to me how like quickly he can flip the switch because he opens the press conference just full of piss and vinegar, going like you know going going after Cole Cabana, going after the EVPs, going after you know pretty much saying, "Hey, bleep you if you are a member of the media who reported this out there because this isn't true." All, you know, so he goes and then he's like engaging and he's giving decent answers later, and then on the way out he's got to take one last shot at Cole Cabana. Like it's just it, it's amazing how he can like operate in all these spaces all at the same time, but he wants to talk about being unprofessional. Like this was the ultimate way of being unprofessional. It makes me wonder. Like I mean, first of all, like we love it, right? I, mean, I don't know if we love it because who knows what happens with AEW, right? But I mean, I'm sure AEW didn't mind the temporary bump last night with a really good rating going over a million once again. I'm, I'm sure the drama surrounding All Out certainly helped the rating last night for Dynamite. But there's got to be some inexperience in handling the media, right? Like you, you see professional quarterbacks, you know, or Giannis or LeBron in the NBA. These guys have to deal with the media on a regular basis where four times a year they do the press conferences after the pay-per-views in AEW. So some inexperience in dealing with that setting can lead to something like we saw with CM Punk. Well, you know, that unprofessionalism that we saw, not just from CM Punk's language, but Chris Jericho's language, some of the stuff that happened there, and it all stems from the top. You want to find out what's going on with AEW? It starts with the top with Tony Khan. He allows this to happen. He's the ultimate enabler. I'm so disappointed in Tony Khan. Listen, I've taken shots, and we've taken shots at his booking. He's only done it for three years. I understand that. Like, there's going to be some growing pains with him as a booker. I cannot turn a blind eye to the success, though. When you draw over a million people on Wednesday night in the middle of the week, you're doing well. 
when you're drawing million dollar gates for some of your pay-per-views and get eyeballs in your product that's great but he is such a neophyte man out of trying to understand pr you're trying to appease the young bucks you're trying to appease uh, kenny omega you're trying to appease chris jericho you're trying to appease cm punk he sat there in the press conference like a mark like he always does and sits and sits there while the press conference is taking place any other place any other uh, uh, sports organization you're unplugging that press conference and you're saying, okay, that's enough. We're going to leave. He allowed all that so, to happen the entire time. Am I looking into it too much? Because so he's, he's not really, I mean, I went back and obviously watched this thing multiple times. Like I'm watching CM Punk. So then I decided to watch, okay, what's Tony Khan doing when he's going off? Like he's kind of looking away. Like he's very intently listening. You know, sometimes you kind of like look away, lose focus on something just so you can just focus on listening. And then he's like, tilting his side of his head and going, oh, okay, I can see that. Like, he's almost like encouraging Punk with some of the facial expressions that he's making. Like, oh, okay, I guess that's a good point. Okay, that you said something interesting there. Like, when you're right, like, I'm, I'm surprised he didn't try to end that, especially after Punk kept coming back to it because, you know, he kind of walks away from it. Well, and then he comes back and starts talking about Cole Cabana and how he shares a checking account with his mom. And that's why Cole Cabana decided to end the lawsuit. And that, like, how are you... Okay, let's move on. Let's do something else here. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And also to your point, Gabe, about, you know, LeBron, Giannis, they're meeting with the media. Every week could be something where they put their foot in their mouth. Those guys and girls also have years and years of training. Like, the big stars have been meeting with the media since high school. They're doing it through college to get to the pro sports. These wrestlers that are sitting up there in these press conferences, they've never done something like this before. I think last week was the last time we see those press conferences. I understand what Tony's trying to do. Like, oh, we're going to give access. We're going to be nice to the media. But, like, I've been in there once, and it's a weird dynamic. Like, you have children in there that are, like, 13-year-olds that have a blog or something, and, like, they'll ask questions. Then you have actual reported. And, like, it's just such a weird dynamic that seems unnecessary. But, yeah, I agree with you, Jay Hood. Like, if you're Tony, like, that's on you. You have to say, like, all right, we've seen enough here. It's time to move on. And he no commented when he was asked about it. But then you can't just let Punk go off on his way as well. Yeah, okay, so these are your EVPs, and what we saw Tony Khan do is, like, shake his head, almost in agreement with CM Punk. Right. like, well, wait a minute, hold on a second. These are your executive vice presidents. But what I said at the time on podcasts, on wrestling podcasts in the past, and it, it is tried and true, don't let the boys run your company. Don't let the boys run your company. And whether it's Dusty Rhodes, whether it's Kevin Nash, if they're the ones with the pencil and they're the one running your company, that's a problem. Now, I know the buck stops with Tony Khan, but just the way that he went, came across. And then, of course, don't forget when Tony had his own one-on-one -on -one with the press, when he was there by himself. You know what, what happened? All of a sudden, he's talking about, well, we didn't know that there was going to be three shows during Labor Day, Clash of the Castle, the NXT show in Orlando and us. We usually, it's just our, it's our weekend. And so, you know, I'm not going to let this effing shit happen or whatever he said. He got all angry. He goes, I'm not Jim Crockett. I got a lot more money than Jim Crockett. And that just pissed me off all weekend because here's Jim Crockett that during his time in Mid-Atlantic, in the NWA, He's just trying to get a foothold on Vince back in the day, right? It was WrestleMania against the first clash of champions with Sting and, and Ric Flair. Like, Jim Crockett wasn't trying to aggressively go after Vince, but he wanted to have his own niche so he can make money. But the idea that Tony Khan talks about a dead promoter and in, in Jim, in Jim Crockett, and then on top of that, feels like the WWE is coming after him. Well, it's a wrestling war. Idiot, of course they're going to come after you. It's a, it's a wrestling war. What, what do you think is going to happen? You think Triple H will go, 
ah, you know, they've got their own show. We'll just close up shop. Uh, you know, that's not happening. That's not so. So you think the WWE is going to stop ha- putting shows on because because Tony has a show for AEW? Dude, you have to do take care of your business. When you're always concerned about the WWE, this is why you get press conferences like that. You're going after the WWE, your your main event talent, John Moxley, or or um, MJF is talking about the WWE. How about just take care of AEW business? How about that? Yeah, but to your point, like, can we really blame, like, the boys running things? Because prior to this, like, early on in AEW, you had a few things here and there. Like, Joey Janela comes to mind that, like, he was pissed about how things went. But, like, not enough to make an impact. Like, things were going fine. They were drawing those ratings. They were drawing those pay-per-view buys. Like I said, they were doing enough to attract the CM Punk. And that's why it sort of boils down to him to where I don't get how, like, the Bucks and Kenny end up looking at, like, the bad guys in all of this. EVP should not be leaking information if that's what's happening. Sure. I mean, you should, yeah, it, it should, if that's happening, if they're talking to – and Dave Meltzer denies it. He says, no one talked yeah. to me. Sean Ross Sapp said, no one talked to me. Um, John Pollock, they said, no one talked – they talked to somebody because the information was out. But all I'm saying is, is that the same Nick and, and Matt Jackson and Kenny Omega are performers. They also are EVPs. They know who's making what. They know who's going to be on the card. They know how to book themselves. All I'm saying is non-wrestlers should be in the front office and not wrestlers that are actively on a card. It'll kill your promotion. Quick as that. I see it happen. So let's go ahead and answer the question. Is CM Punk worth the drama? Because it seems like he's the only one who's potentially facing loss of job. Now, they vacated the trios championship. Clearly, there's a suspension. I don't know if it's a lengthy one. I guess we'll have to wait and see when we see the elite back on AEW. But it seems like, at least with all the reporting and all the rumors that are currently out there, that CM Punk is the only one, well, I guess, Ace Steel. Man, what a hell of a week for Ace Steel. Ace Steel goes from last Wednesday, like being the most inside, like some people knew who he was, most people didn't, to now potentially being fired. Like that's that's a hell of a week. for That's a tough week for Ace Steel, man. Like going from, oh, this is your time to shine, to ah, maybe your services are no longer required. But is CM Punk worth the drum? What do you think, bro? It's- so my answer has changed during the week. Like after this all went down Sunday, my answer would have been yes. Like he's the reason that they got a little bit more of a bump. He's the reason that, you know, all those eyes were on a rampage. To me, the reason I say no here is because of the injuries. He's won the AEW title twice in the last few months and never been able to defend it. It's been hurt the following week. So to me, you get all the drama, but then you have to be able to perform. So we talk about, you know, the sports, the LeBrons of the world. There's going to be drama around him, but he's going to be out there and he's going to drag your team to the finals. CM Punk's going to bring the drama, and I don't think he's dragging them to the playoffs right now because he's going to be hurt all the time. So because of the injury is why I say no there. You know, Gabe, um, Broitz and I came up with the same idea before the show. Uh, I'm not sure if CM Punk should be around AEW, but I think that he'd be good for the ROH brand. Uh, because let's go back to where he started. Go back to ROH. And I don't know if that's as a performer or as someone that's in the back or as an announcer, but um, just being part of AEW, it was a great idea because people have been waiting six, seven years for Funk to come back. He finally came back. But I think that, you know, you got someone that's north of 40 in there, like like Brian said, and uh, I think that that's an issue, right? His injuries tell me that, well, you can't put a championship on him because he'll get hurt. If it's a, if he's one of these special occasion wrestlers that comes in for a one-off, I think that works out. But otherwise, I think he should be working for ROH. 
as much as I want to say, yes, he's worth the drama because I love watching CM Punk, the performer. Like he, you know, he, he does a good job of, of kind of doing some blending stuff aside of the going into business for himself and challenging Hangman Page to come out, right? Like him as a performer certainly is a boost for your company. But at the end of the day, if you have to make the decision between Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and CM Punk, well, I think the answer from a wrestling standpoint is probably CM Punk. Punk's probably going to draw a little bit more audience. These are the guys that started the company. These are the guys you can't be feuding with. These are the guys, yeah, you can get pissed off at them, but you can't open up a microphone and then just absolutely go off on them. You, you just can't do it. And then when they come to you because they're upset, and who knows if they went there the right way, but understandably they're upset. They were just accused of not being able to manage a target. Like, the, the, this, this just cannot happen. It cannot happen. Yeah, but here's what's interesting. We talked about on the show a couple of weeks ago that, you know, when we saw CM Punk just take on opponents, random opponents, it was kind of, okay, he can wrestle. But what's the appeal of CM Punk? That microphone. And as he said in his press conference, ah, this crazy old Phil, you know, Phil with his crazy thoughts going into business for himself. Is it a shoot? Is it a work? Kind of like you got a weird thing going on with him. That's what, here's what's strange. That's his appeal. Right. People are just like, because of the pipe bomb of WWE, that's what people want to hear. Like, they respect him in the ring, but they want to know what he's going to say. And, it, yeah. and if he says something, is it real or not? Right? That's the whole thing. It's so funny when you go through wrestling Twitter, all of these all of these clips from his time in the WWE, like, you know, when Triple H goes after him. Yeah, you try to be a martyr. Uh, you, everything's great as long as you're on top. Uh, all that stuff, right? You got MJF saying stuff. I've retweeted it at GKW underscore wrestling. Some of those old clips of CM Punk. I mean, some of the stuff, Gabe, uh, as far as Punk being hard to work with for some, I I think it's true. Because when he opens up his mouth, he's going to be brutally honest, whether you like it or not. And so that's, I guess, the the other part of this is, what if he's right? What if AEW does have a problem with their EVPs? What if those EVPs are holding them back a little bit? Because we've had that conversation before here on GKW about AEW trying to take more steps, take steps forward. And I mean, clearly this was not the right way to handle it. But CM Punk might have a point, but he might not be, much like in WWE, around to try to help fix any of it. Because... My inkling is ultimately he doesn't get fired, but because and honestly, as strange as it is, the injury may end up saving him because he he gets sent away for eight months. Everybody gets to cool down. Maybe they can make amends and hell, maybe they can have a Kenny Omega versus CM Punk blow off and do that in a year at uh, at All Out, and, and people are going to go crazy for it, right? Because you blend that line of reality and pro wrestling. I, I, my guess is ultimately he he doesn't get fired, but. Ultimately, I wouldn't be shocked if he did because, man, you're throwing chairs at people? Like, who throws a chair, well, honestly? Well, listen, for the, for the reports, it was Larry, right? It was CM Punk's dog. Is it Lenny? Is it Larry? Larry. Larry's, Larry's the dog. Lenny is, Lenny is Mina Kimes' dog. Okay, okay, got it. Okay. So keep, keep your dog Larry, straight. Yeah, yeah come on. Okay, so Larry, keep your celebrity dog straight. Yeah, which is crazy, right? And that's how this whole thing started all out, right? The dog gets loose in the arena. That's how the whole started. You should have known that this was going to be batshit crazy, right? 
So, so here, here, now here's Larry, right? Larry's been taken care of by Ace Steel's wife. And so, and so here comes, you know, CEO Punk's in there. And the young buck super kicked the door open, you know, super kick party, super kick. And so they kicked the door open. And so Ace Steel's like, hey, that's my wife. And there's a dog in there. And he throws a chair at the young bucks. And then like Nick Jackson, Nick Jackson gets hit in the face or whatever. And so now there's a, here's uh, all these people in this big skirmish. But it all started with the dog, though. You see, right. the dog needed to be protected. And it was done by Ace Steel's well wife. Well, and supposedly, like, Kenny Omega was trying to protect the dog, yeah. too, at some point. Like, this, the whole thing's a mad lib. Like, at this point, like, every time you hear something new, like, oh, Ace Steel bit Kenny Omega as he was trying to protect Larry the dog. What does that sentence even mean? But to your point, Jay Hood, about, like, punk on the mic, like, this is still pro wrestling. So, like, if they can figure this out, like, I agree with you, Gabe, all out next year, the Elite versus Punk and FTR, like, take my money. Like, I'm in on that. Like, there is still money to be made, and it's pro wrestling. So if they can figure it out, I think everything's going to be all right. An actual honest good trios God. match for FDR. There you go. I, I, honest to God, I don't know what we do here anymore. I don't know what this is. It's supposed to be a wrestling show, and I don't know what this is anymore. Uh -huh. I, just, I mean, I, I, honest to God, guys, because, like, okay, so I would agree with both of you. And I think that people that's in the wrestling circle would also agree with this as well. Man, if you don't make money with all this nonsense, then what's the point of all of it, right? Like, you got to make money off of this. And this is going to be down the line. This might be early 2023 for this until CM Punk is healthy. But at some point, we got to get Punk and Hangman and FTR. Somehow, some way, you got to make money off of this, this situation, this real-life situation. Yeah, and I, I think ultimately they do, but I'm sure there'll be some more Mad Lib rumors that come out about this thing that we'll talk about next week. But one of the other things we like to do here on GKW, we talk about the other top stories, because believe it or not, there were other things other than the fight that happened after the media scrum at All Out. Uh, we like to call it the three count. Brian, what do we have at number one? Yeah, there were actually two premium live event pay-per-views this weekend that were pretty decent. So we'll start Saturday over in the UK, Clash of the Castle. What is one change you would make to each major show from the weekend? We'll start with Clash of the Castle. <sighs> with Clash of the Castle, I would say I would have probably made at least one title change. Because without the title change in only six matches, even though it was a stadium show and the crowd was hot, man. Like, the crowd just singing to Bailey right away. Like, it was a lot of fun. But I, I think yeah. I would have – I think ultimately I probably would have put Sheamus over um, and at least given them that instead of having Gunter. Although, you know, kind of getting the old band back together with, with Gunter and, and, and that whole thing I think got people pretty excited about that as well over in the U.K. Since, But I think I would have made at least one title change. I think that's something that I would have done. Um, do we have, do we have three premium live events or two and a half uh, NXT? Two and a half. Like, I don't even know if they call it the NXT one, which I watched. It, it wasn't terrible. I'll put yeah, that look, out there. Not uh, terrible. Look, I think, I think the fight in the AEW locker room ended up bumping Brian's book report on <laughs> NXT World's Collide. So like maybe next week we'll get to it, Brian. I, I, I can't no, say for sure. <laughs> no, we, we never will. No, we will not. We'll be addressed here, and then we'll pretend like it never happened. Like CM Punk in the oh. company, we'll pretend like it okay. never happened. All right, sure. Uh, okay. 
So I, I just just in case I did my extra homework, give, um, <laughs> I'm putting up the shiny apple here on DKW with the uh, extra work. Tyler Bates should have won the championship over Braun Breaker, and then you turn Braun Breaker heel going after the squeaky clean Tyler Bates. So, but. Uh, you know, I don't even know why they had that event if you're gonna give it to all the NXT people. Yeah, the like UK completely. people had no chance. Like, what's the point of it, right? Like that event was literally just to kill NXT UK. It's like, hey, thanks for everything. You guys are dead now. Give us your back. I got two words for you, NXT UK. Seriously. Uh, and by the way, shout out to Mandy Rose. Uh, um, I have not seen her now. I haven't not watched the show in well over a year, so I don't know. I was didn't know what to expect. I hadn't seen Mandy Rose wrestle in about, what, a year and a half? Much improved. First of all, hot. But also, <laughs> much improved. Much improved. I was surprised. I was like, you mean this is not like the diva-like woman I used to see on Raw? She actually could work. Not, yeah. not bad. Um, so the acclaimed uh, over swerving our glory was a miss. The acclaimed, as you saw the crowd in Chicago... They were rooting hard. They changed the chant to "Scissor Me, Daddy." They, uh, uh, like, remember that? I mean, I mean, Billy Gunn was over, brother. He's so over. It's twenty forty two. With not even saying like the two words he's famous for. Right. Like, yeah. it's right. un- he's daddy ass. Like he is over as daddy ass. That is insane. Like again, this just goes to prove how crazy this thing is that we love. Like we love pro wrestling, and you never know what's ever going. Going to you know yeah yeah absolutely I got you down there, um, uh, <laughs> but like the fact that he can be daddy ass and that's like the most over he's been since God knows when like it's awesome it is so crazy I mean the biggest heel reaction last night on Dynamite was Swerve interrupting them to where we didn't get a rap out of the acclaimed like that was the biggest heel moment of Wednesday night. That's that's what's called heat in 2022. That yeah. goes for heat, I guess. Yeah, because uh, you didn't get your, you didn't get your rep. So the acclaimed, and I know that um, probably Arthur Ashe in New York. I'm sure that we'll get a title change there. But I think, and it was suggested in the press conference, by the way, uh, Tony. Did you consider doing an audible, which doesn't happen in AEW? I mean, it's happened in WWE before, where Vince would hit the button, change the title. Effort, like that kind of thing, right? Well, but, that's but, but that that's what happened with Seth, right? Like Seth ran in because they were going to put Roman over, and then all of a sudden they throw Seth in there for the triple threat, and, and Seth leaves WrestleMania with with the title. I don't believe that was the original plan, at least according with all the reporting that I mean that was years ago at this point. But yeah, WWE has certainly done it. So the claim for me should have won the title, and the other thing with the clash is, you know. I would have liked, and we talked about this the um, the week before. Lashley or the Usos should have defended the championships. Yeah. Some, uh, it didn't happen. The show was fine without it, but I would have preferred to see the Usos or Lashley defend their championship. Yeah, I mean, to that point, I'm getting a little worried about the WWE Tag Division when, like, you don't have the Usos there, and then Monday you throw four teams in there just to be, you know, fed to Braun. Like, I feel like you could have done the same yeah. thing with Braun without wiping out your entire tag division. Like, that felt very Vince-like on Monday. Yeah, no, 100%. Like, they just didn't have a finish. Supposed right. to have a number one contender. Again, maybe maybe Braun tags with the kid. Maybe they bring yeah, the kid yeah. back. He's a little bit older now. Braun's going to tag with him, team with him, and, and that's how they're going to get the belts off the Usos. Yeah, but uh, I agree with you guys, the title changes. The one I would do for Saturday, though, with Clash is – I think we've seen enough from Liv. Like, it, it's not working. Like, give Shayna a run. I think Shayna as a monster heel, like the way she was in NXT, like, that could be fun. And then ultimately leading up to her and Ronda. 
Oh, you're going to get a lot of heat from the Live fans, <laughs> from the Live Hive. And listen, I'm with you. I'm yeah. with you. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. And so maybe that's me. Hey, listen, I'm sometimes slow to be able to warm up to certain people that you put over. Like, if nothing else, Liv Morgan is new, right? It's not the same old, same old. And they're trying. But it just yeah. seems like she's, Gabe, she's rustling from underneath so much. When you see her in here, in there, I never think that she's going to win. <laughs> yeah. No. No, and it, I, I would be interested in a Shayna, Shayna versus Ronda Matt. Like, I, I can see the story. It's a pretty easy story to tell. I don't know who the face is there, but I don't think you necessarily need one. It's just two badass women who want to fight over the title. Cool. Used to be both yep. used to be MMA fighters. Yep, sign me up. I'm in for that. Um, the one thing I think I would change about AEW because the get the show was a little long. They they, they kind of overstuffed the card, right? They had 11 matches on the main card, 14 matches overall. I think I would have just if since Christian apparently is hurt and needs legitimate surgery. I guess you need something for Jungle Boy to do so you turn Luchasaurus back. But I feel bad for Luchasaurus at this point because he's just doing a big show. Oh, he's ba- he's heel. Nope, actually, he's a babyface. Now he's a heel again. I, I think I would have just kind of cut that and be like, hey, Christian's hurt, can't do the match, try to figure something else out. It, it, that was just kind of a waste of time, and it just did not hit with me. And it's something that I think could have been cut from the show, and you could have saved yourself 20 minutes. Yeah, well, I see, it, it, and but but see, bro, here's where the booking is bad. Man, you knew weeks ago that Christian couldn't be in right. this match. He's had the brace on for a month. Right. Don't, don't don't tell the story then if he's not available. Don't do do a schmoz in the back, like on some random rampage or dynamite, and then just erase this whole thing. Don't. I'm hyped up for the match. I'm like, finally, like Jungle yes. Boy will be. He says I'm going to be Jack Perry. You sat down with Jim Ross as if it was going to be something. That, so, okay, okay, so you wasted our time. You wasted yeah. our time. You now, take that match out. Now I got a longer Ricky Starks and Hobbs match in that spot. Yeah. Yeah, you, you could have used that 20 minutes elsewhere. Although I guess the one thing I will say that, that's good that came out of it, I think we got the best Jungle Boy promo we've seen. Granted, it was a pre-recorded, pre-packaged thing that they played last night, but I think it's the best Jungle Boy promo that we've seen when he cut against Chris, uh, Christian and then said that he's going to go after Luchasaurus. It'll be interesting yeah. to see where it goes. But the other thing we talked about last week, like we had the question, how many title changes do we see among You're the You're laughing at the ridiculousness of the statement, he's going to go after Luchasaurus. <laughs> I like saying it out loud. I'm like, that sounds a little weird, but that's what's happening. All right. It's what's happening. Nah. It's the mad live of AB. <laughs> nah, you know what I was laughing at is nobody crushes a water bottle and throws it like Jungle Boy. He was really angry. He crushed <laughs> an empty water bottle and threw it away. Now he's really pissed. <laughs> But yeah, so the other thing, like we talked last week about how many title changes we were going to see, like outside of the two matches where there was guaranteed to be the trios and the interim women's punk beating Mox is the only title change we saw all weekend, like between the two shows, everything else was the champions, you know, successfully defending. So a little weird to sort of see that when you put it all together like that. Yeah, 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 because. And the other thing, like usually and I kind of went back and looked at this, like for all out, because. Again, I view it as almost the WrestleMania, right? Like, and and I think that's it's kind of their biggest show. Pointed out that they had the signs in all the arenas leading up. Hey, all out coming up, and to me, th- like a lot of times WrestleMania that ends the feuds and you kind of start fresh the new night. That's why Raw after WrestleMania is always such a fun night. They continued a lot of these feuds, you know, like a lot of the feuds just kind of like, you know, Christian, uh, Christian Cage and and Jungle Boy, just as we mentioned, like. 
Yeah, I, I, Chris Jericho, oh, obviously they're running back Jericho and, and Brian. Now, maybe they weren't going to do that, but they're running it back now next week uh, as part of the tournament that they're going to have. I know we're going to talk a little bit about that later. It just seemed like they they didn't necessarily like set up new stories, just kind of kept the old stories running. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. What's number two? Another non-title change. Roman Reigns, again, successfully defends his title. So at this point, guys, when – does Roman actually drop the world titles? SummerSlam 2023 against Cody Rhodes. SummerSlam. Okay. So, I mean, they're still holding out hope for The Rock, right? Like, they're still – that's what they're kind of so hoping for. Are belt on him? Well, no, I mean, I think ultimately Roman goes over, but they're they're hoping that Roman is still the champ going into that match against The Rock to try to make it as big as possible. Because I'll tell you what, I hope they give at least one of the belts to Kevin Owens soon – I love everything that Kevin Owens has been doing on Monday Night Raw, coming out, cutting great promos, and then having impromptu matches against whoever he's cutting the promos against. Like, it's been fantastic. And the way that he's been like, hey, if it wasn't for the, if it wasn't for Jay, if it wasn't for Paul Heyman, I'd have ended this thing six months in. I think it's a great story that they're telling. Going back to him now and being able to end at least one of those reigns, I would be think would be fantastic. Ultimately, I think that's not what they do, and they have them. Yeah, probably SummerSlam, SummerSlam at twenty-four. To you know, Cody Rhodes makes as much sense as anything, but I think they just continue this thing in hopes that The Rock somehow becomes available for Mania in Los Angeles next spring. I feel My like God. Mania though is the special one. Like having him drop it at Mania is the WrestleMania moment because at this point it doesn't make sense any other place. Like uh, obviously, if you go away to SummerSlam, that's you know three years as champion. But if you're not going to put it on Drew in front of all those fans, like I feel like Mania is really the only place that makes sense at this point. But I mean, but we're looking at Rock Roman in Los Angeles. What Rock making the times? He's going to go to Tulsa for that house show. <laughs> he's, is he going to to Des Moines or Fort Worth for those house shows? I don't think. So. I was like, yeah, don't, I see that. No, 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 don't give me a part-time champion that loses to a part-time champion. Right, like yeah. when, when Roman loses the championship. Now I know that sounds ridiculous, and I just gave you the blunt answer of Cody Rhodes, and it does sound ridiculous that Brock Lesnar loses to Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre loses to Roman Reigns, and 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 Romans beat everybody. Like the returning Strowman, you know, I beat Braun Strowman. Yeah. That won't be anything new. So it, he can drop it to Rock, but then like Rock's not going to be around. Rock's doing movies. He's got a busy schedule. It sounds ridiculous on the surface that a pro AEW guy comes into the WWE, two hundred and forty pounds, uh, and 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 beats Roman Reigns on one of the biggest stages they have at SummerSlam. But in WWE, it would not surprise me because once again, Vince left the booking uh, cabinet bare. Right? If he already had like 10 contenders that Roman hasn't beaten, it'd be awesome. And I know Triple H has to start from scratch, but the only person I see right now is Cody Rhodes winning the championship, which it sounds ridiculous, but I think it very well could happen based on just based on the roster. Do you think they find a way to split the championships? Are they just going to have him be the undisputed unified champion and, and both those belts end up going to Cody in 10 months? I feel like splitting it, like, protects you so much. Like, you find a way to get one belt off of him, whichever one's been the shortest reign. I have no idea which one that is. But like, I think it's the WWE Championship. All right, if you say so. But, like, that's how you build up other people. Like, let them chase that title for a little bit, and you go from there. Like, you protect yourself that way. 
<laughs> sure. Well, I mean, don't get hot. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Make your partner. <laughs> See, we just we, we don't have. Where's the intern? No, we have our intern. Where's he? To give us I don't know. We don't know. The only, the only championship that matters to me is the WWE Championship. That's Hogan's title. That's Bruno and Pedro and Brett and Sean. That's their. I don't, I don't care. The Universal Championship doesn't mean anything to me. The WWE Championship, that's the title. Now, that's all you'll come back to the Eagle and you'll be good to go. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. Give me a better answer then. Like if, I can't. No, I can't. I can't. Like, again, I would love to see Kevin Owens as one of the two again. Like, give him the – I, I don't care. Like, make him one of the two. But – it's just not going to happen, man. Like, I just don't, I don't see, you know, Kevin Owens going into Survivor Series. I'm assuming Survivor Series is the next time we see Roman Reigns wrestle. And by the way, now you can't even do the thing you've done over the last five years and go chain versus champion because he's unified too many damn belts. <laughs> like, so who knows? Like, my guess is you do it at Survivor Series because that's one of pillar shows. That's one of the ones that you've built up yourself. That's one ones you've made important by declaration of yourself. So my guess, that's where we see Roman wrestle, but it doesn't make sense for him to drop it at Survivor Series to Kevin Owens as much as I personally would like to see it. And so now he has even more protection does Roman Reigns, not only Heyman and the Usos, but now Solo Sokoa. People were I enjoyed that. at that. People were pissed at that closing of the match. They didn't like that at all. I didn't have a problem with Sokoa. I had a problem with the singing afterwards. Oh, you had a problem with Tyson Fury trying to send everybody home happy. I'm like, is someone going to cut the feed? That's for the house. That's not for us yeah. to see. Well, so, like, I don't want to see this. I don't want to yeah. see this. I don't want to see freaking Drew McIntyre smiling and singing after all of this, all the media, all the travel to try to be the, the champion. And he's like, it's all right. It's all right. Let's sing a song and drink beer. What? Well, so it made so that it made me think because they showed the whole damn thing that Fury was going to like turn on him when they started singing together and punch him and like set up some sort of feud, which obviously did not happen. You, I mean, bro, it's of all the indie shows you've seen, um, where you've seen singing in the in the ring. Uh-huh. It was that the, not the oddest stuff that I mean, like I'm thinking, okay, Sokoa and Roman are happy. So long, everybody. And the feeds keeps going. I'm like, I'm not supposed to be seeing this. What's the smile for? You are badly agree. A great match. And it's like, so you're just going to blow it off with a little song and a little draft beer? A little, you know, what is going on here? Yeah, I agree with you. Like, I remember looking, I was like, we're not, this is, you know, they someone forgot to hit, turn the off button. Like, someone forgot to hit end broadcast. Like, that was my thought watching that. But I would, it's their own, I guess. You got Tyson Fury, who I guess is over over there. Like, whatever. Like, does he even box anymore? I don't think he does, right? I thought he well, he's, they kept saying he's the, what, the linear champion? Linear. But I thought okay. he was retiring for some reason. Yeah, look, man, like, I'll tell you what. Boxing's problem is they have too many damn championships. So you got the linear title, you got this champion, you got that champion. You want to talk about AEW and all the championships they have? Boxing. Good luck keeping track of who the actual champion is because I couldn't tell you. Like, what's the difference between the linear and – is there a nonlinear champion? Is there an interim champion over there? I have no idea. I can't – no, okay. What's number three, Brian? I don't need to keep going off. There is a a nonlinear champion. It's Tony Storm. Go ahead. 
Oh, okay, good. Well, <laughs> speaking of... <laughs> well, the more you know, I'm glad we can educate everyone here on this week's Tony GKW. Stark. Sure. So last night, Tony Khan announces a tournament for the vacant AEW world title will conclude at Grand Slam in a couple of weeks. So guys, who should win the AEW world title? I mean, come on, it's easy. This is GN Moxley. And it's Mox. Like, Mox should win this thing. He's the guy who keeps carrying the water. He's the guy, like, as he mentioned in his promo last night, he was supposed to be on vacation. And he came out and cut to me, a really good promo. It should be Mox. And they already set up Mox feuding with MJF. But I don't know who else in that tournament you give it to. And the one thing that Tony did make a huge deal out of in the middle of CM Punk dumping on Colt Cabana was the fact that this was like the first time that Moxley in well over a year had been, and actually even more of two, three years, had been pinned cleanly in a singles match because it wasn't really clean when he went up against and dropped the title to Kenny Omega. So he kind of made a big deal out of, Man, beating Mox is a huge deal. So I have a hard time imagining Moxley being entered into this tournament and then not winning it. So the latest that we've heard from AEW is that they've had a couple of locker room leaders in here, away from Punk, away from the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. They've had a couple of people. Apparently Jericho has been unbelievable in that locker room. There's still young people that are not going to listen, but those that actually want to learn and those that actually want to get over – they're talking to Jericho. They're talking to Moxley. Moxley, apparently, from what I understand, doesn't say a lot. But when he does say something, he does pack a punch. Danielson also is one of those locker room leaders. So I'm sure they'll give the championship to Mox uh, in their matchup against MJF. I'm sure that that's what we're, we're leading to for full gear. But I'm surprised, Gabe Neitzel, that you are not making a fuss at the way the brackets are laid out. Um, I think their brackets are very easy. I think they're very simplistic because – I'm surprised you're not saying, hey, how come my guy Ray Phoenix doesn't have an opportunity? How come Brody Lee doesn't have an opportunity? Or Wardlow, God forbid, is that not the number one contender because he got the TNT championship or Ethan Page or Eddie Kingston? All I'm saying is, is that there should have been, I think, one wild card in there where it's kind of like, hey, there's an upset victory here. We didn't expect for Ray Phoenix or Ethan Page or someone else to be able to win. It makes it a little bit unpredictable that way, I think. You could have done it, I think, certainly like that, where you have somebody in there. But, I mean, they you know, they dubbed it their tournament of champions. It seemed the easiest way to go, you know, in terms of having all these guys who have won so many world championships. You know, I mean, Dan, Brian Danielson hasn't won an AEW championship somehow, despite having 6,000 of them currently active. Um, somehow hasn't won one. I don't know how that hasn't happened yet. But, you know, he's, he's you know, one six-time world champ or whatever they, they build him as. You know, all these other guys have won TNT championships, multiple reigns as AEW champ for John Moxley. So I get why they decided to do it. But, yes, I think it's pretty easy to predict how this whole thing is going to play out. We're going to have Jericho versus Daniel Bryan as a rematch next week. And, you know, you, you're going to – although, I mean, look, Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara should be fun. It should be fun on Friday. Should give you a reason to tune in. And – Man, if they decide to give one of those two young guys an upset win over Mox, okay. Like maybe, maybe you end up setting because those are one of the two four of the four pillars. Maybe you have one of those two guys end up going up against MJF and, and start using some of the younger talents. I doubt that's the way it plays out, but yeah, I, I would have loved to see Ray Phoenix 
get an opportunity here. Now they, they just gave him the trio championship along with, you know, his brother and, and pack. So I, I would have loved to see more, but short notice. And it was very obvious. I, I think all three of us could have called it like, okay, they're going to crown a new champion at, at Arthur Ashe. Like that's, that's the way to do it because you're going to have more people there and it should be a bigger moment for whoever ends up winning. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I agree with you, Jay. Like, I think this bracket, it sucks. Like, I, I would like to see something fresh. Like, I've been something on Twitter. Like, I want Eddie Kingston competing for the world title in the main event of Grand Slam. Like, just that moment, just those near falls. I would even give him a run for a week or two as world champion. Like, I think he is over enough to do that. But looking at this field, like... He's coming off his own up. suspension. Yeah, he like, learned his lesson. He's good to go now. <laughs> <laughs> This is great. He learned his lesson. <laughs> you, know, if, you know, the problem with Kingston is just like uh, uh, at All Out. He'd win the championship and point at his opponent instead. No, not me. No, no, him, him. You won the match. No, him, him. Like, you notice that in that pre-show? Like, yeah. hey, you're the one that won it. No, no, no. That guy's over. He's over. No. But, like, you that's won the, the match. thing. Like, let's do something fresh. Like, I agree. Mox is the MVP of AEW right now. He's carrying this company. He is, like, the locker room guy. But, like, he's not going to get revenge on Punk, and it's going to be a little weird. I say give it to Brian. Like, have Brian and Mox main event Grand Slam, and then it's a little bit different. Brian's first run as champion, and then you could ultimately lead to him and MJF. I want someone healthy to be the AEW champion. Yeah. I mean, he seems okay. He seems though he's coming off of another concussion. And Mox probably has a concussion. We just don't know it. But that's- <laughs> he, he probably's got a bunch of them. What what's your tweet? Who's it's you, bro? It's what's your constant tweet about John Moxley? About the bleeding? No, it's about to, to Renee Paquette. Oh, and like what does she think watching him as like what was that two weeks ago where he's licking Punk's blood? Like things like that. Like what is her reaction to that? As a wife at home, as a mother at home. Mother, mother. This yeah. is this is the yeah, father my of my child. <laughs> Setting great examples for our child. Licking bro, the blood of another concerned. human. Bro, it's always concerned about what Renee Paquette thinks. I know. Always well, concerned. I mean, this cause that's because Renee's a sweetheart, man. You think everybody loves the acclaimed? Yeah. No, everybody loves Renee. Yeah, <laughs> I just think that's hilarious. Always tweeting at Renee Paquette. What do you think? Are you okay I just want to know her it? thoughts as she watches her husband lick another man's blood on pay per view. You know what? We just, have to, we just got to put her on the show, and then we'll just find out. Yeah, we'll we can just out. ask her. Just straight just up ask her, her how she feels I, about a, it. But I'm, I'm with. But you know what, Gabe? I'm, I'm in your corner in this regard. I think that Ray Phoenix, and boy, I just he is more and more. I see him. I understand why you love him. Guys like him or Brody King. Brody King's now is going to have to be the face of House of Black now. And so I think that a guy like him, he deserves an opportunity. They, they, I mean, they have tournament of champions. I think they could have given it a little bit more thought. But I just think that Moxley, and by the way, Moxley, you know, hopefully this tournament won't interfere on his vacation. Who says that in the promo? I'm supposed to be out of here, you know. Well, why don't you just keep going and keep walking? How about that? And yeah, give it to somebody that wants to be around. At least Moxley will, is healthy enough. Doesn't have enough concussions. Because if you give it to Danielson, I don't know if he's going to be healthy in the next sure. month. I don't so, know that. I guess there's one of two ways to kind of think about this. Um, and, and I'm curious to see which one, which which side you guys fall on. So right now, 
Somehow, AEW, despite all this, because of the world of professional wrestling, has some momentum. They've had three consecutive weeks of over a million people, something they haven't done in like a year, on Dynamite. So they have this momentum. Do you use that momentum and try to carry it over by putting it on someone who's a little more familiar, like John Moxley, and have that try to continue the momentum? Or is that the time to try to throw it on someone new to see if people will cling to that? I mean, Darby would be a twist, like putting it, like you said, on one of their pillars, like letting Darby be that guy. Like he's not attracting a casual fan, but maybe there's something like, oh, you know what? This guy's pretty cool. Like he does some stuff where, you know, he throws his body through things. Like maybe this is the time to do that and sort of start anew. I'm glad this is 2022, man. If this was 10 years ago, 15 years ago, that guy couldn't draw a dime. No. Sorry. I know that sounds harsh, but it's just like, He's a great attraction. Heavyweight champion? Nah, I'm good with Moxley. Moxley's promo told me everything I need to know. That guy, even though he had his bags packed for vacation, that guy's passionate. That promo at Dynamite uh, that I heard there in uh, in Buffalo was amazing. Because he showed the heart and passion of AEW and wanted to be champion. He takes that championship to uh, Game Changer with them. They know who he is there. He does the Indies and AEW. He just wants to be great. He talked about legacy, I believe, in this yeah. promo yeah. last night. Awesome. He he looks like he looks the part. He wrestles the part. Why not? Yeah, I I, I think it's Mox who ends up walking away the champ at uh, Arthur Ashe Stadium in just two weeks' time. Which, by the way, we're gonna have a special show right after that. So make sure you tune in to these spaces that you usually watch GKW. We're going to have a special pop-up edition of GKW following that show uh, at Arthur Ashe Stadium, AEW Grand Slam. Yeah, All right, Brian, we've reached the point. We're doing this for you, ESP in New York. So make sure that you're with us at 10 o'clock Eastern, 9 after maybe Moxley was a championship. We'll all celebrate. We'll have our own okay. confetti of our, for the new champion. Boy, what great timing. A special GKW for our people at ESPN New York. Great. Should be fantastic. And by the way, we were planning on doing that even before, you know, everything hit the fan in AEW, and now they're actually going to be crowning a new champion, probably new tag champs as well that night yeah. and uh, in Queens, New York. Uh, what do we have in the news and notes section this week, Brian? Uh, right. In the WWE world announced this week, Pat McAfee has been announced as the newest member of College Game Day, which means – He'll be off of SmackDown during that time. It's, un- I mean, it's unfortunate, but the way he described it on his YouTube show, like it makes sense. Like it's just way too much. And WWE very supportive of him going to do that because the way WWE is looking at it, like, oh, one of ours is getting that exposure on College Game Day, the biggest college football pregame show that that's out there. So. If you're a wrestling fan, it's unfortunate because he is so good on Friday nights and the chemistry that him and Michael Cole have is fantastic. So it's a bit of a bummer. But at the same time, like, I mean, good for him, man, that he's getting all these opportunities and he's not walking away. He's going to be back with WWE. You're just going to have to wait until college football season's over. Well, it disappoints me because that probably means more Corey Graves. And I'm all for less Corey Graves, like, quite frankly. Like, even with a changing the guard with Triple H, do you have to be so hard on Byron? It's not about Byron. It's about the wrestlers in the ring. It's not It's not even entertaining, man. Like, I've heard the insult color analysts over the years, like Jesse Ventura and Bobby Heenan and all these guys in the past. I mean, that were heel announcers. Your only heel announcing is against your partner, okay? So at some point, 
how, how many jokes are you going to tell about Byron being single and alone? Yeah. I mean, right, seriously, at, at some point, how about heel, heel against the babyface wrestlers? It's just, I, I've, I've run my course with Corey Graves doing color. I am surprised they didn't try to work out something where, like, McAfee goes to Raw and you take one of those guys and put them on SmackDown. That's a great idea. So, yeah. But I, I guess because of the radio show, it probably doesn't line up-wise, but interesting they're letting them do this. Actually, I think that's a, actually, that's a fantastic idea. Hats off to McAfee, though, because he's not coming in there as an ex-wrestler. When he did commentary, he was there to have fun. Yeah. And people love the fun. He was an instant gif, I think, for a lot of people. Yeah. Watching it with Michael Cole. Funny. Wrestling is supposed to be fun. And when you treat it like fun, people enjoy it. Wild. Just a crazy <laughs> idea. Other AEW news. Sort of flown under the radar now. Alistair Black has reportedly been granted his conditional release. He did give a bow and he blew a kiss to the crowd after his uh, trios match on Sunday. Yeah, I hope everything's okay. It's reportedly because of personal issues that he's kind of dealing with. And and there's like even a part of that rumor is that like he may be just walking away from professional wrestling, which is a shame because he's such a talented professional wrestler. House of Black was a lot of fun, um, you know, w- with the trios thing they had going on. I thought they told some pretty fun stories. I, I, I hope everything's okay with him. And if it comes to the point where he's ready to come back, I hope it's, you know, I hope he does indeed come back. Maybe he comes back with WWE because uh, he, he'll be more in the good graces of Triple H than he was Vince, but I hope as a fan, it's not the end of of Alistair uh, that we see him in, in the pro wrestling ring, and, and hopefully everything's okay with him personally, which seemingly is why he's stepping away. One of the cool entrances in AEW is the House of Black. I've seen it in Chicago. I've seen it in Milwaukee when the lights go out, and you got that those beaming lights going across there. It's very ominous. Uh, he's in the, on the ramp, then all of a sudden he's on the ropes. He's on the ropes, then he's already in the ring. He's in the ring, then he's in the third row. Like it, it's, they turn the lights on and off. I, I always think in person that's a pretty cool scene. And so, and he was, it's just unique, right? So whatever's going on with him, hopefully he'll return. I know that he turned down an indie date, so definitely yeah. he's going to be completely out of the picture. So hopefully he'll um, heal up return to AEW, and we'll get that one-on-one match. I told you a few weeks ago, I kind of felt like that might be Sting's last singles match because they they're doing a, a one-on-one stare-off for a reason. Right. I thought that that's what we we're going to get, like Sting's last – because Sting's not, not – he's not had a singles match in AEW. I thought that that would be his last singles match. We'll see. And also from a wrestling standpoint, disappointing because, like, I think every time those three, House of Black, are on a card, like, they're going to deliver – they don't get the trios titles because they're essentially handpicked for the elite, and the elite are champions for four days. So, like, maybe if like they could have gotten the belt, you don't know how that would have changed things. But yeah, hopefully he does end up being okay. And then finally, in news and notes, Wrestling Observer says that quote everything is cold on WWE Prize prospect Gable Stevenson currently, who we have not seen since WrestleMania. Yeah, that's just kind of really weird. They had like signed him to the NIL deal, reportedly had even built like a ring up in Minnesota so he could train in between like the wrestling season, like the actual collegiate wrestling season to try to get him ready for WWE. And man, that, that he apparently has just fallen off. It's I, maybe he doesn't have interest in it. Who knows? But it, it was really interesting because he seemed to be 
and maybe it was a Vince project and Triple H decided to give up on it. I don't know. But it seemed like to be he was the next guy earmarked to the point where, like, if he took the, the championship off of Roman Reigns at SummerSlam in 2023, it would not have been shocking, right? Um, because that's how highly he was kind of being touted. So it's it's a little surprising because he seemed to be the hot prospect for them despite not being in their developmental. Triple H told Ariel Hawani on the Hawani's podcast that uh, if it wasn't for Triple H being ill – he wanted to do something with Steveson. And I, I don't know if that's a match or just an incident face-to-face. I'm not sure. But he wanted to do something with Gable, and it didn't happen, obviously, because Triple H uh, will no longer wrestle because of the ticker. So, you know, if it doesn't work out, guys, you just move on. Right? I mean, you, you, you want to take a blue chipper. I know that, um, I know that there's been a lot of uh, WWE personnel uh, that have looked at young wrestlers out of college and say, hey, you know, could you you interested in WWE? Let's see how it works out. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. So if it doesn't, they'll move on to someone else, I'm sure. All right, it is time to name our match of the week. And look, despite all the drama that also happened, there was a lot of really good wrestling last week. So I think instead of just giving one, if you have multiple matches, go ahead and, and lay out what you have as your matches, I guess, of the week. All right, for me, I'm going to start on Saturday. And actually, this guy tweeted about how, what great wrestling we had this week. Rollins versus Riddle. And Rollins acknowledging some of the all-out matches. Like, it's pretty cool to see that, hey, other wrestlers are allowed to acknowledge that other companies exist. So I got Rollins versus Riddle. We joked about NXT Worlds Collide. But Carmelo Hayes versus Ricochet for the North American title. Like, that was a lot of fun on Sunday. Like, that was a really good match. Carmelo Hayes seems to sort of have that it factor. I think we see him get called up soon. And then the match ultimately means nothing today, but it was very special on Sunday. The trio's title match on Sunday, the Elite for Stark Order and Hangman. We all assumed it was going to be the Elite winning those titles. The titles were created for them. But they had me believing that Johnny Hungy was going to get it done. And those near falls were like, oh, is this really happening? Like, that six-man was a lot of fun. Johnny Hungy. <laughs> <laughs> but it, 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 so to that point, Brian, during that match, it, it made me think maybe, maybe they don't. Much like very early in AEW when Private Party defeated the Young Bucks in that initial tag tournament that they had yeah. for the first ever AEW tag champions, where you just assumed it was going to be the Young Bucks, ends up not being the Young Bucks as they were eliminated early in that tournament. I thought maybe they would have done something there because, yes. John Silver was having a time and having a lot of fun in that ring. Uh, John, Johnny Hungy, by the way, takes nothing seriously. He had an opportunity to be in a promo early on Dynamite, and he's smiling the entire time. Because, yeah. you know, take, take these hands or whatever he said. He had his yeah. and smiling. I'm like, dude, I don't believe you. I mean, if your tongue was notarized, I wouldn't believe you. Um, so, uh, so, so as far as great matches over the last seven days – Seamus and Gunter is one of the tops on my list. Oh my God. That they I mean that that was an unbelievable match. And I what I kept thinking is, man, I wish I was in Ireland or somewhere in the UK because I'm sure those two in front of two hundred people, in front of a thousand people, not, not alone sixty thousand people, would have put on the same match. Physical. And I know that Seamus gets a lot of crap online. I, I don't remember a match with Sheamus in which I was disappointed. I know that's Triple H's boy, and it's like, oh, he's been handpicked by Triple H over the years. But it was, I mean, Sheamus took a beating and lost and got a great ovation from the crowd at, at, 
in the arena. I just thought it was fantastic. I mean, because of how great it was, the, the chops, the black and blue marks, they went after each other big time. Well, to that point, like, I'm one of those people, like, I don't get the Sheamus. Like, I couldn't tell you, like, oh, that's my favorite Sheamus match. Like, none of them come to mind. That match will be up there. Like, that match was a lot of fun watching those two just literally just beat each other up for 20 minutes. Uh, to that extent, um, I it, it didn't make my three, but an honorable mention would go to Eddie Kingston. A very physical match as well. Eddie yeah. Kingston and Ishii on the, uh, on the pre-show. Like, my God, there were 6,000 chops like they both needed it was so stiff like the entire match like it was 100% new japan strong style like both those guys just needed to dump their bodies in ice baths right after the match it was like if that's your type of match like you absolutely loved it i was watching it with a buddy of mine who doesn't watch a ton of professional wrestling and he is like oh my god gabe what are you making me watch right now no not me he's over he's over <laughs> he's over he's no you won the match no 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 him him, you won the match. He's, he just can't enjoy his own success. People love that guy, and he just and he can't take it. Danielson and Jer Danielson and Jericho for me stole all out. Mm. Stole out. I mean, listen, it all depends on your flavor. Uh, as far as wrestling shows, I like wrestling, and those two. And this is why we we praise Jericho so much. You you are actually Lionheart Chris Jericho. That match could have been in WCW on Nitro and ignored. Uh, as they did back in the day. I love the revisionist history on that shit, too, by the way. The whole thing of, like, you know, Malenko and Jericho and, like, Rey Mysterio, those guys, they were awesome. Yeah, but you were talking about NWO storylines the entire time. <laughs> like, I love it in hindsight, Bischoff's like, you know, those guys really did a great job. Yeah, but you never put them in the main event, did you? Uh, they were always at the top of the car. They were always the, the first and second match in the car. Anyway... So Danielson and Jericho, to me, I think they had a fantastic wrestling match, uh, really submission wrestling, and Jericho gets over. Uh, it's Danielson, man. I'm sure he's like, yeah, man, we'll have like two or three matches, but you get over first. Yeah, you beat me. I'm sure Jericho's like, really? Oh, yeah, yeah, you can beat me, man. Beat me up. Make me tap out or whatever, right? So I thought that that was great. And I did not have a problem with Roman and McIntyre. I know people did not like the finish, but it was physical. Absolutely it was physical. And it, and those near falls made me think, Gabe, that McIntyre was going to win. Uh, still a head oh, scratcher yeah. to me. It was a head scratcher to me that Romans came out on top and won that match. But I, I think when you, once you put it in the ring, Roman and McIntyre, I believe, delivered in their main event. 100%. I had them in my top three as well. I had them at number three. Uh, I had Danielson and Jericho at number two because it was, I mean, come on, man. Like Chris Jericho finding, you know, and, and he had cut in his promo last night about how he's found the fountain of youth. Um, like it's, it's, it's legitimately shocking. And I know we've talked about it a number of times, but go look at Chris Jericho from a year ago and look at Chris Jericho. Now the weight that he's lost, the moves he's actually able to pull off. It's he's fantastic the way he looks And my favorite match. I actually, the, the, the acclaimed versus uh, swerve in our glory. I had that as my number one match, man. And, and even though they got the ending wrong, like to me, that show was kind of like, you know, the Chicago crowd was like, kind of okay that match got everyone's attention and got everybody back into it and look i understand i've been there for all out before and you know they're putting on great matches and you start to wane a little bit like the moment last year was uh when it looked like the young bucks were going to beat 
the, um, the the Lucha Brothers in that cage match, and you get Ray Phoenix kicking out of a BTE trigger, and <laughs> yes, you're saying game. Go right ahead, sir. Your analysis. I, I lost. I lost my train of thought. We'll just no, but so, I mean it's a long show, so it just like kind of jolts you back into it, and it gets you back into the rest of the show, and that's exactly what that tag match did because it can be a long night as a wrestling fan there, and everybody was so into that match, and they did a lot of near falls, and it looked like it was going to be the acclaimed. Ultimately, clearly, everybody's disappointed when Surf Swerve and our glory walk away, but it doesn't mean it wasn't a tremendous match because it was. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like, there are so many matches to choose from. Like, we didn't even mention Dynamite. Like, Brian and Hangman, Yuta and Garcia again. Like, like the crazy part about all this Punk stuff is he overshadowed good wrestling. Like, there was legit good wrestling for the last seven days, and all we're talking about is backstage drama because of CM Punk, who wants to care so much about wrestling. You know, I would have put Rollins and Riddle on that list, but if there was that much heat, if Riddle was that pissed off. Wouldn't it be more like a fight and wrestling instead of like a wrestling match? It didn't that the the hype and the heat did not match the match in the ring. It was fine. It was not a, yeah. a bad match. I'm just saying, like Riddle. First of all, you come down to the ramp and you don't do the whole scooter thing. You go down there and you're pissed off. You yeah. go down there marching down there, and then and then Rollins can do whatever he wants. He still wants he wants to look like Elton John. Go right mm-hmm. ahead. But you beat his ass, though, right? You make it. You make yeah. it look good, and it just—it felt like. Yeah. It felt like a, a good match, but not great to me. Yeah, and obviously that feud is going to continue. I think, and that's what you do when when Rollins goes over there. That that's a feud that certainly is going to continue. Plus, Rollins seemed seemingly needed one of those wins. I'm sure we'll find out more in the course of this next week of all the more of the, the backstage drama with AEW, but there's also going to be plenty of really good wrestling to watch between WWE, between AEW, and we're going to talk all about it all next week right here on ANGKW.